heavy track today. Yeah, not vibing risky lettuce, getting sinker vibes. I don't know, says on the Tab app she's firming. Don't just vibe it, get expert tips in Tab's new race feed. Tab, we're on. What are you really gambling with? One man who'd know that better than anyone is the owner, Brendan Lindsay from Cambridge Stud, who... If we'd spoken to prior to the race, would have given everyone great confidence because J-Mac said that he told him I'd already booked two seats, one for the trophy, heading back to New Zealand, and Brendan joins us this morning. Congratulations, Brendan. Yeah, good morning. Thank you very much. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, the, the, I was with Chris and James before you before, uh, before they went on, jumped on the horse, and, you know, you sort of don't know what to say because you can't really tell James McDonald how to ride the horse. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said to him, oh, James, I booked two, two seats. And he goes, oh, am I going back to New Zealand? And I said, no, mate, it's one for the trophy. And he goes, leave it to me. <laughs> Are you, um, how far back do you go with James McDonald? I'm always fascinated with you know, New Zealanders who uh, have been around a long time, uh, who re- remember, who can sort of put a bit of context into his career and where he came from. How, how far back do your memories of young James go back in New Zealand, Brendan? They don't go back at all um, that far with James. I didn't really know him that well in New Zealand, and he, and he didn't ride for us in New Zealand. But, of course, his, probably his best mate in New Zealand is a guy called Leith Innes. Um, and uh, Leith used to ride for us. He was our retained rider. And I, I learned a bit about James. On, one day, Leith was dri- driving to the races at Ellerslie, and I had a runner in the first race, and I said to Leith, now, listen, mate, I said, the money's going on today. So you better make sure that you ride it nice and handy and do this and do that. And he goes, yeah, OK, boss, leave it to me. Anyway, we got beat. We ran second and James McDonald beat us. And I said to Leith, oh, your bloody mate beat us. And he said, yeah, he overheard the conversation in the car and he heard that we're going to ride handy, so he sat behind us. <laughs> I said, Jesus, <laughs> bloody Christ. I, why wouldn't... Jesus, mate, didn't you, didn't you tell your mate to lay off? And he goes, no, Brendan. He said, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> uh, that but shows his professionalism. One, one thing about James, you know, he's such a he's such a superstar, and every time you see him, of course, he's very friendly and very. You know, I mean, he's just a terrific guy, uh, and he's great company, of course. And you know, you'd like to get him to ride yours every week, but um, so does everybody else. Brendan McSharkey here. You spent nine hundred and fifty thousand to buy this filly, and you've got to pay that sort of money for a filly particularly out of a family like this, how do you, obviously you rate the family very highly, it'd nearly be one of the, if not the strongest active family in Australasian racing, isn't it? Legally Bay, Decidity, Merchant Navy, that many group winners have come from this. This filly's obviously going to be a big part of your breeding program when she does come off the track. Well, I think that... um you know, what we've got to do at Cambridge Stud, in which we identify, we need to buy into those really good Australian families, which is easier said than done because, number one, they don't come on the market that often. And when they do come on the market, you know, you have to pay a lot of money for them. Mm. But, you know, we we want to make our horses to, obviously, our own stallions and, uh, and Australian stallions as well and be relevant in the sales ring. And when you've got those terrific Australian pedigrees, of course, Australian buyers turn up and want to buy them. Brendan, it's an investment. Absolutely. Uh, Fascinating role that you play, taking over from Sir Patrick Hogan, of course, and that was Sir Tristram and Zabil, and you've got your own roster with uh, Embellish and El Manzor and Hello Use Main and and Sword of State, but 
There's also Poissier at Rich Hill Stud and, and, and so many other amazing stallions and mares and racehorses that have, have formed this tidal wave of a, a comeback for New Zealand racing and breeding. And, and then Entain's kicked in as well. Do you feel like you're on, on the crest of the wave over there? Oh, look, we do. And I think that 60% of the winners over 2,000 metres were New Zealand bred, bred horses, which pretty much tells you we can't breed sprinters, but we can breed those middle distance sustained horses. And, uh, you know... Tell him... Oh, no, well, Imperatrice was, was bred here and, and had taken back there. I was going to say, you, you bred Imperatrice, but you kind of poached Imperatrice, really, didn't you? Well, it was by Fastnet Rock, and it was it was actually a fold down in Australia by New Zealanders, but, of course, it is a New Zealand... It is an Australian stallion. <laughs> but, I mean, you guys did that with Farlap, so we can call it one all. <laughs> and Russell Crowe and Sam Neill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Bjelke Peterson, but you you wanted to send him back. No, uh, yeah, no, very much so. We wanted to send him back. Hey, um, so what do you? Yeah, just on the, the New Zealand scene at the moment, it just, just seems like all the the right pieces are in place. We were talking to Roger James a couple of weeks ago, and he said for for fifteen years in New Zealand as a trainer, you didn't want to get out of bed because there was nothing to look forward to. But now he leaps out of bed, Roger. Well, I mean, I, an example on uh, this Saturday coming up. A race at Bukakawi, we were racing for, you know, rating 65 race, racing for $75,000. Uh, 12 months ago, or, you know, even, t- you know, we were racing for, for 40000 And it makes a big difference because, um, you know, the trainer gets 10%, the jockey gets 5%, and it all flows down. And for the syndicators, particularly like David Ellis and Go Racing, whatever, it makes such a big difference because you can all get a bit of return. And, of course... You know what happens when you get a return from the races? You you tend to go back and reinvest. So um, having entertained by the TAB has made a major difference. Uh, I mean, our stakes have risen twenty eight percent last year, which is uh, which is a huge amount of money. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey Brennan, just on Jolly Star, we were discussing the movement of the thousand guineas further back um, and extending our spring carnival. What would that mean for her now and what her autumn program looks like? She's very lightly raced. Um, how much of a break does she need and can you get her up for some of the big fillies races in the autumn? Well, the, 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 the fact is if they hadn't moved the race back to, um, you know, she would never have been there because mm. she wasn't ready for it. The second thing is she'll go to the paddock now for six weeks, um, you know, which will take her, you know, close to Christmas. She'll be she'll be back in work, and uh, yeah, will she be ready for the autumn? Absolutely. Now I know that Chris is probably going to target her for uh, uh, the Queen of the Turf, or even maybe the Vinery, be one of the two. Um, but it'd be one of those two races she'll target for in the autumn. Brendan, when you think it through, like with the the summer in New Zealand is the, is the prime time for racing with a lot of these big feature races, including for fillies and mares. And you look at how late the wet tracks linger in New Zealand. There was a heavy track there yesterday that they were racing on. It it's, looks like it's it, it may suit the Kiwis, this pushback, because they have to... It's slower to get them ready for the spring because of all the wet tracks and they lose a lot of trials. And then you get this early summer, late spring uh, transition here and then you've got your own carnival... And then the autumn here is just around the corner. It's it, it, the block of about ten weeks might suit the Kiwis. Oh, look, it definitely suits us. And you know, we've got a couple of all weather tracks now, but a lot of the trainers don't like using all weather tracks. Um, but you know, you've got no choice really if you want to get a horse ready for Australia. But putting that back makes a major difference. And I would suggest that um, this time next year uh, there'll be more New Zealand horses in that uh, thousand guineas because it's now. 
you know, a lot easier to get them over. I mean, the problem is that our thousand guineas at Wickedham was, of course, the same day. Um, and, you know, one of the one of the interesting things is that um, I was at the race at Corford on Saturday, and our thousand guineas Group 1 race was not shown on the television on course. Um, there was a delay for the start of it, and it ran in. I think Sky ran uh, into so a problem. There was a three or four minute. There was a three or four minute delay to it. There it wasn't a deliberate yeah. snub. I remember listening to our radio station, and everything got shuffled because the New Zealand Thousand Guineas ran about three or four minutes late. Yeah, well, of course, it ran into the Morpeth uh, race, yep. which is, um, um, you know, and it was a shame, really, because um, you know you could also didn't have. You couldn't bet on the race on course. The odds weren't up. Um, which, I'm not actually having a go at uh, Australia. What I'm saying is that shows you that, you know, there's less relevance for New Zealand racing in Australia than that, you know, than what we'd like, um, you know, from a gambling point of view. Yep. And... Um, Part of that's because there's, you know, there's a feast of racing in Australia as well, of course. It's funny, given the amount of horses that we see either travel out here to compete now, good races or that are bought off the track in New Zealand or from trials in New Zealand and make their way here. You'd yeah. think there'd be uh, it'd, it'd be absolutely a, a must watch. You can bet on the tab but you, there's no yeah. bookmakers at the track that are betting solely on New Zealand. No. Well and I think the, the more the Legados and the Prowesses and the Imperatrices rise Brendan um, and Jolly Star as well the, the more interest we're going we're to gravitate back to have a natural incline. I remember when Tiako Shark was racing over the summer there we were glued to Tiako mm. Shark so yeah I think it might, it might evolve in a more positive way in the next few years? Yeah, well, and, you know, look, we had probably all over there and, uh, you know, we won four group ones with there and unfortunately we couldn't be there because of COVID. But, um, you know, one thing we've learnt, uh, Joe and I have learnt with taking horses to Australia, you just can't take a horse to Australia uh, and expect, you know, to be competitive. It's so much tougher. And, it's, it's, you know, we like to think with the Commonwealth Games and Australia's the Olympic Games, you know, you've just got to be that much better. Um, and uh, it's it's hard to win in Australia, you know, and it's that's why it's so exciting to be honest. Hey, just a quick one, Probabil. She was my favourite. Who's 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 uh, she a mummy to at the moment? Uh, she's had a she's in, she's under scan under scan to Snitzel. She's got an Elmanzor filly at foot, and uh, we sent her to Oz. She missed the first time. She's been served again, and we're waiting to hear today whether or not she's 12-day positive. Oh, well, and fingers crossed. She'll come, she'll come back home with her foal, back to the farm at Cambridge, and then we'll make a decision. Uh, because it'll be a later service, we you know we might give her a year off or we'll, we'll put her back to one of our boys. But um, she's, she's actually taken to motherhood very, very well, which is, which is nice. Uh, Brendan, um, you've got another impending mother that's going to be very valuable, uh, Jolie Star, but we want to see her on the track for another couple of years after that performance on the weekend as well. Congratulations. Hey, look, thank you very much. And, um, you know, obviously we're, we're pretty well, very lucky to have Chris Trainer and obviously Jay Mack and uh, got, you know, we've got the beautiful run. You know, sometimes the stars do align and it did for us on Saturday and uh, it's just bloody great. Good on you, Brendan. Uh, Brendan and Jay put so much money into racing, it's good. Always, uh, you can't begrudge. Uh, they paid 950000 as you said, Shark, for Jolie Star, which is cheap now uh, with that Group oh. 1 win next to a name.